there's so little to say because any label I use for this will be inaccurate, can be misleading. How do you label that which is so close that it can't be discerned as such? How do you label that which is undivided, is never apart, is never somewhere else? How do you label that which has no specific quality, no specific location? How do you label that which is infinitely adaptable, infinitely fluid? How do you label that which is not subject to space and not subject to time, but is also not somewhere else? How do you talk about a process that doesn't occur in time? How do you talk about an event that only happens now? How do you talk about a possibility that is already the case? So language here is inherently incompetent. Discerning this with the mind is a fool's game. It just can't happen. The mind moves, it makes noise, it imagines, it collects data, information, processes information, compares information. But that's never what's being pointed to. What's being pointed to is not contingent upon thought at all. What's being pointed to includes thought, includes consciousness, but the experience of thought and consciousness are such a small part of it. Essentially insignificant. But more importantly, to identify with thought, to identify with concepts and belief is the filter. Even to say you can disidentify is not proper because identification has two poles, the subject and the object. The object is what you're identifying with. That's what's mistaken for the world, what's mistaken for reality, what's mistaken for problems, what's mistaken for what you think is true. That's the object. The subject is overlooked constantly. This is why we point, or I do, point to this first awakening, which is essentially a result of self-inquiry, inquiring into the nature of knowingness before there's an object of knowingness, taking the backward step into that which is so primary it doesn't have to be proven, validated, understood, discovered, found. How does that happen? It's more proper to ask, how is it not happening? 
how does this illusion of identification seemingly hypnotize us such that the most obvious thing is not obvious? It actually requires a lot of effort. It requires a lot of mental activity to hide this from ourselves or to posit a separate self from which anything can be hidden. It's really absurd. When this cracks, it's often rather hilarious. But it's not hilarious when we're feeling separate. It's not funny when we're feeling endless suffering, hopelessness, helplessness. But we're also bound into this illusion of time. It's very uncomfortable. When the illusion breaks, it's hilarious because there was never an illusion. There was never a partness. There never was a problem in the way we were thinking about it. There never was anything to seek. There never was a seeker. There never was seeking. These are clearly seen to be activities of thought, nothing more. So that can really hit us as funny, kind of like a cosmic joke that we caused all our own suffering and then we instantly ended our own suffering when we saw clearly enough what was happening. So this is all just about looking very closely, seeing what's actually happening. We see what's happening by seeing what's not happening, noticing that what those thoughts seem to be pointing to doesn't actually exist. They're only right here. Thought is only right here. Life is only right here. There's nowhere to go from here. So when we hear about awakening or we hear about a possibility of liberation and we project it into the future, then that's more of the same, more of the same issue. We're making suffering the problem and the solution we're making into liberation or awakening. But when we talk about awakening and liberation, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the way you think about it. And this is a funny thing because over and over and over when people wake up, for lack of a better way of saying it, they will tell me, this is just not what, what I thought it was. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I don't even know what I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't, it isn't that. I hear that all the time. And then I kind of laugh and I say, yeah, you've heard me say this, right? That it's not what you think it's going to be. And they'll say, yeah, I, I've heard you say that, but I still thought it was going to be something I imagined or I thought it was going to be something for me or something familiar in the way that thought is familiar. The story is familiar. The narrative is familiar. But it's by definition, not that. I wouldn't say it's unfamiliar, but it's familiar in a very different way. But it's not what you thought, by definition. So the side effect of the mind grabbing a hold of anything like this, a message like this, and turning it into something that's going to occur in the future, that side effect is unavoidable. 
So don't beat yourself up for it. It's just going to happen. That's the mind's game. And if we're identified with mind, you're in the game. Even if you don't know it. Until you're not. So that's the side effect, and it's okay. Because this message isn't for the mind. This message, this pointing, even self-inquiry, properly applied inquiry into your experience right now, is not aiming for the mind. Not aiming for concepts. Not aiming for your expectations or your beliefs. It's aiming beyond that. Or perhaps it's aiming to something that's before that. Something that doesn't move. It doesn't have the dynamism of thought. It's something that can't be lost any more than it can be gained or found. So even to say this message aims somewhere, it's kind of funny. It's just right here. The message is the receiver, but not the mind. Can you see, can you perceive right now that which is not contingent upon thought? That which is not contingent upon doubt. Meaning a doubt can arise and it doesn't threaten this. Doesn't taint it. Doesn't change it. Doesn't obscure it. What is unobscured all the time? Even by doubt even by the loud mouth of the ego, seeking, 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 doubting, understanding, gaining, losing, frustration, success, failure. What is it that isn't affected by that at all? Not even a little bit, not even the tiniest bit. How could it be that there's something here, there's a truth here that is not contingent upon all those thoughts? How can that be? There's only one way it can be. So look before the thoughts. Look after the thoughts. Look between the thoughts. Look at what is not content. It doesn't have content, but it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it's not valuable just means it's not pointing to something apparently not here. That's what thought does. It points to something that's apparently not here. That's the illusion. There's nothing that's not here. There's nowhere else. You're not going anywhere. And you don't need to.